I fell back. Hands grabbed at me. Hands that were too heavy. Hands that hurt. I screamed. There was a voice again somewhere in the darkness, living under the screams. What a pretty little flower! What a pretty puppy! Pick it and watch it bleed. Not so pretty any longer, puppy. Hi, hi, and welcome to our podcast, Coffee Talks. I'm Sophie, and I'm Soph, and this is your new bookish podcast. In this podcast, we'll discuss our latest book series fixation, mostly fantasy though, because we love the wings and the sharp teeth. There will be spoilers in this podcast, and we don't hold back on discussions of wingspan and sexy love bites. So make yourself a cup of coffee and join us on our exploration through the magical world of literature and chaotic romances. Enjoy. Keep reading. Hello! <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of uh, Coffee Talks. Yes. And uh, the second episode on Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. Ba ba ba! I have a hard time taking this serious because we're sitting very close. For <laughs> some reason, our microphone <laughs> is a little bit annoying today. Uh, so we have to be like 10 centimeters. Maybe, okay, yeah, 10 centimeters away from. The microphone. It's very in in order to get intimate like eye contact with <laughs> <Yeah>. each other. <laughs> yeah. It's very fun. Yes. <laughs> good thing we are friends. Luckily, yes. we are <laughs> very good friends. Um, <clears throat> well, a lot has happened since the last time that we recorded. Yes. Today is the 7th of September and we started uh, the third semester on Monday. Yes. Today so. is a... Thursday. We just finished the first week of uni for a second year. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Like time has flown by so fast, and it's like ten thirty in the morning mm -hmm. because we had class from eight to ten. Yeah, and once again we are back uh, to one of the study rooms at our uni yeah. to record. Um, so if you hear slamming doors or whatever, it's just. Other students, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, the other people. Here. Other people, how their day. Yikes. Well, do you have anything going on in your life besides study and work and friends? Besides that, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> me neither. Uh, no, I don't think anything interesting is happening right you now. You got a new nose piercing. Oh. <laughs> okay, I got pierced two weeks ago. So now I have, what do you call that? Like a side nose piercing. Is it called a septum? The one? No, yeah, I have a septum. Um, and now I have... What's that called? Isn't it just like nose ring? I think when you say a nose ring, I imagine like the classic on the side of the nose. Nose piercing? Uh, yeah, it's just called a nose piercing. Okay, that's what I've got. Uh, so that's, I guess, the most interesting thing. And then I drink a lot of... Uh, my new thing... <laughs> <laughs> Is piña coladas. I love them. They are so good. And me and my friend from the kitchen, who I went. Oh, we also. I went to Bonham. I remember we oh, talked nice. about the last time. That was really good. Um, but yeah, we have like started drinking a lot of piña coladas because it's just 
It's delicious and you don't taste the alcohol. I feel like you're drinking a pina colada every day when I go to your like Instagram story. Yes. Uh, please follow me and see all my pina <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's great. Um, yeah, what about you? Well, uh, I don't drink pina uh, <laughs> Oh, your hair has changed. Oh, my hair, yes. I colored my hair. Um, I bleached it and tried to color it pink uh, because I have um, a book coming out on Ooh. the 16th of September. So, oh my God, that is like a little over a week. That's crazy. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but one of my main characters uh, has pink hair, so I thought it would be fun. I'm going to like this fantasy con in Denmark, uh, where it's like being published or like released. Uh, so I thought it could be fun to like show up with matching hair to my main character because you know yeah. I'm nerd like that. Um, it didn't quite turn out the color I expected. It's a little bit gold right now. And yes, also I colored it with my roomies um on sunday so i have had it for like four or five days but i feel like the color is already starting to fade um, sorry, yes, yes like and it's some places it's very very pink yes and some places it's just as you say more golden in yeah. i would maybe say like a rose gold but yeah you have like strawberry blonde but very yes. strawberry very not the color i expected so i'm kind of debating right now if i need to like buy another like tube of the pink color to like recolor it but also know like if it goes badly i'll also not want to have like ugly hair at the release but it's also not the color i want right now but i think i would color it yeah i think so i really really like this color on you i think it really, really it's just not it's you. not pink it's just... <laughs> very um is a little bit rainbowy like yeah. it changes a lot throughout your skull yeah uh, which is also an interesting thing <laughs> because you always notice something new indeed uh, but i do like it on you i also i don't think it's ugly right now but no, no, it's, it's not really uh, what i expected uh, let's just say that but besides coloring my hair and the, it kind of going um, badly but not horribly um nothing is really new you know uni and uni stuff uni stuff takes up a lot of time so life life uh, but we also went we said it the last time we were going on a summer house mm -hmm. together yes with some of our fellow friends and we did and it was really nice very nice um we, we saw uh, cars uh, the disney movie <laughs> one and three one and three because apparently number two is trash <laughs> yes but uh incredible movies i don't know why i just wow. love them so much no they're good yes they are good at yes. the songs well like life is soundtrack. a highway but it's not you know it's not like an original song for the movie no but it's good i actually i listened to the moana soundtrack on the way to uni this morning oh, it's so it good. was like a great um vibe to like cycle to i can recommend okay yeah good to good to know um i don't know if you all just need to mention that we talked about going forward we're only going to release an episode every three weeks instead yeah. of every two weeks just because you know uni and um life so it's just a little less stress to us yeah uh we also mentioned it in the last episode but it's good to say it 
Should we get to it? Should we get to the recap? The recap. Okay. So, uh, summary from last episode. So we're doing the recap of last episode where we read the first four chapters. So in the first four chapters, uh, we read about Castile wanting to marry Poppy. And, you know, uh, if you remember, Poppy refuses and Castile just completely ignores her refusals. Like, very annoying. Oh, and I had a lot, a lot to say about that. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we had a rant about Castile. Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, after a man called Landel disrespects Poppy... Uh, Castile is like, no, 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 you do not do that to my fiancé who doesn't want to be my fiancé. So he uh, rips out Landel's heart in front of everyone. I'm just, ouch. Um, dramatic much. Very dramatic, uh, dramatic king. Uh, we also quickly meet uh, Alistair, who is the king and queen of Atlantia's advisor. Uh, and a close like friend to Castile, but even though he's a close friend to Castile and Kyrian, Castile like asks Kyrian to take Puppy away because apparently he doesn't want Alistair to know how much Puppy means to him. Mm-hmm. So Kyrian takes Puppy back to the room, or as she calls it, a cell, which is <laughs> you know it is. True. Um, and the moment she gets like nobody's watching her, she flees. With uh, little to no clothes and no food, so um, what a plan, good Poppy. Planning, Poppy. Good oh, planning yeah. on your side. Um, and yeah, obviously she doesn't get very far. It's also snowing outside and very cold. Um, and Castile like catches up to her and he's like, I'll give you a deal, princess. If you fight me and win, I'll let you go. So they start fighting, <laughs> but obviously Castile is like an Atlantean and Puppy is a 19-year-old um, girl. Yeah. Did I say something else? Puppy? No, Puppy is just Puppy. Puppy, Puppy, Puppy. Puppy is Puppy, yes. Um, Did I say something else? Did I say something else? Did I say something Yeah, uh, but they don't uh, get to the end of the fight because suddenly a cravens arrive. And, you know, you have to kill the craven before you kill each other. That's the first rule. So they start killing yes. the craven. And uh, they do a pretty good job. Um, Castile manages to kill like a few more than Poppy, which um, annoys her as well as us. Yeah. Um, but then finally the chapters end with Poppy saying that she will go back to the keep with him, but she will not marry him. Da-da-da-da. Yay, Poppy. Yay, Poppy. Get some respect. <laughs> Please, seriously, get some respect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing we forgot. Is that uh, what we are drinking? What do you think we are drinking? What? Yes. <laughs> You're drinking coffee. I'm just drinking water. I'm back to my instant coffee because we're at uni and, you know, I am a person of habit. <laughs> so <laughs> you love it. I love it. She yes. eats the same thing for lunch every day when we're at uni. And also the same thing for breakfast. What, what do you have for breakfast? Uh, yogurt with the... Um, how are going? Oatmeal. Oat, oat oats. Mi- oats, not oatmeal, but oats. And um, some like muesli. <laughs> like what is cereal? No, not, not cereal. That's like... Uh, something you put on top of yogurt here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Like some crumble, crumbly, delicious thingies. Okay. That's my dinner. Not my dinner. That's my breakfast. Minds <laughs> <laughs> today. It's going great. Yes. yes. Okay. That well, 
Yes, indeed. So let's get to the chapters of today. And we start with chapter five. Uh, five. Five. We are maybe going to be a bit British. Actually, I'm not. Just, you know, once in a while. <laughs> it's very early, you guys. Very This is going to be a chaotic one. <laughs> But I haven't had coffee yet. Oh Why God. haven't you had coffee? Uh, Life. Life. Life, okay. We had to wake up at seven-ish. I had to wake up half an hour before you. Ah, you have a hard life, don't yes, you? Yes, I do, actually. But I also live, like, very, very close to uni. Yeah, I don't. Well, well, well that's not the point. No. <laughs> so, chaotic, chaotic. chapter five. <laughs> It starts up with them taking uh, Puppy back to the keep. And uh, Puppy is cold because, if you remember, it's snowing. And she's, like, wearing, like, a shift, basically. Uh, so, Castile warms her a bit, like... I kind of, like, he stands close to her and, like, puts his arm around her. And she doesn't really want to feel, like, affection for him. But she's also like, mm, it is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so they enter the room and find Kieran waiting for them, wondering what took them so long. Um, and they're like, oh, well, you know, just, just a little bit of an attack. Just and... a little bit of an attack. And then we were fighting each other and, all, you know, just an everyday um so castile uh vol volunteer blah, blah, <laughs> to go out and bury the craven they just killed which puppy finds very admiring that like yeah. not so much that they are burying them because uh the ascended also did that but more so that he is like a prince and of very high rank and that he volunteers to go out in the cold and spend hours like burying these people but also she's used to the like the very big like uh split or like mm. between hierarchy yeah there's yeah. a really a hierarchy mm. and the ascendant never do anything also well i'm reading the fifth book <laughs> and when lord messine is killed and when victor is killed uh what's he called um Castile? Oh my god. Hawk? Yeah, okay, yeah. So Hawk is like, or I guess I can just say Castile. Yeah. Castile is like, dudes, you can honestly do something dudes. and you can finish it off. But you're just standing by and looking and making the maiden do. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Like, did you just want her to die? But like, yeah, they could easily do everything. Mm -hmm. They're fast, they have the strength, they. They have everything, yeah. yeah, but they don't do anything. And that's why uh, they are the bad guys, yes. So um, Poppy is left alone in this room and she is uh, still very cold. So uh, she takes a bath and like they brought her like warm water. So that's nice of them, I guess. And um, after she takes this bath, that's she... <laughs> well, they are keeping her prisoner, so... Yeah, <laughs> well. but at least she's clean and doesn't smell. Yes, That's yes. Nice we will get back to the bath water later. Um, but after she takes this nice warm bath, um, she falls asleep in the bed. And she wakes up to Castile returning to the room, like, hours later, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And she's like, excuse me, why do you think you can sleep in here? Uh, and Castile is uh, like, um, this is actually my room. I just put you in it so you shouldn't like be in an actual cell 
Uh, and, you know, she can't really say anything to that because he's saying that every other room in the keep is taken and occupied. So, well, he has to stay there. Um, but, yeah, uh, Puppy throws a knife at his face because she's Puppy. And can you get... <laughs> I like my like... reasoning every time. Like, she does this because, well, she's Puppy. But also, can you guess, like, the reaction Castile has to this? I mean, you read it, but... What reaction does Castile always have? That is so hot. Oh. It's so incredibly violent. So intriguing. And he gets turned on, which is, um, I still just hate it. Like, yeah. please don't get turned on every time she tries to defend herself and be like, get away from me. Oh my God, can I just say something? So, always. Okay. So I just got to the part in the fifth book where they are attacked by Craven in the Blood Forest. And him, after like they have fought all the craven, and Puppy obviously helped, um, Castile and Kieran are, are like, oh, did you just see that? And that was super hot. They're both like, yeah, that was so hot. Like, objectifying her much. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Why don't you just recognize her as a warrior, not as a... Sex no, symbol. Exactly. Yeah. That's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, you would never say... You, you could say that about a man, but you would also be like, whoa, what a warrior. Mm. Yeah, she's never allowed to just uh, be a badass bitch no, <laughs> without no. also being like, oh, damn, a sexy girl. Yeah, like she's, oh, she's soft. She has um, like curves and all that. It's always mentioned. Mm. It's not just her strength or her powers. Yeah, so, yeah. But well, um, Castile came back from like grave digging, so he's dirty and also cold. Uh, so he decides to also take a bath, um, and it's just you know a bathtub standing there with water in it. And Puppy is reminding him that uh, I bathed in that; it's dirty and it's cold by now. And he's like, "Meh, I tried worse." <laughs> and she like, disgusting. which is it's actually disgusting, <laughs> like all the germs and the dirt and blah, and just cold water. No, thank you. Uh, but Castile apparently doesn't mind, so he like, you know, takes off his clothes and Puppy really much tries not to look at him naked. But it's hard. But it's hard, you know. Um, but she also just finds it outrageous that he like is bathing in the same water that she has been in naked, and it's also just maybe a bit gross. Um, but while he's in the bathtub, uh, he starts telling her a little bit about Atlantia, and he's kind of fantasizing about the warm water they have and um, they have showers because Atlantia is apparently our modern world, basically. (laughs) So they have showers with warm water and they have electricity. And, you know, the shower thing, Poppy finds very like, wow, because she's never heard of that. Mm -hmm. But the richest families in Macedonia do have electricity, but it's only like the richest of the rich. Um, so she's very much like, oh, how is every family in Atlantia able to have electricity? And uh, yes, yeah. Castile is kind of going on about like, oh, if we all share, you know, it's 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 working out. <laughs> it's very much. Um, and he also says that Atlantia is running out of land after they had to retreat after the War of Two Kings. And Puppy and like ask like what happens if you run out of land? And he's just like, I won't let that happen. So like 
I am the prince. Yes. So I guess you will just have to take back land. I I mean, brave statement, but also like, how is that in your power? But okay. But they are working on it. They are working on it, but I think it's going to be a slow process, my dude. Also, they, how long has it been from this him starting to plan all of this freeing Malik to now? Well, hasn't so he be... He has been... Hasn't it been centuries? How oh, he from? was kept for like... Centuries, I feel like. Castile? Yeah. And Malik has been there like twice as long. Has he? I think he? it said. And so, mm. Yeah. So, That's crazy. So, our dear Castile, he is uh, he's doing it slowly. <laughs> um, but surely? Meh. <laughs> 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 well, can't be discussed. We'll see how it works out later in the, in yeah. the books. But uh, Poppy once again says that she will not marry him. Uh, but you know, Castile is like, uh, can we not have this conversation right now? And I really like Poppy's answers being like, the conversation is not very long. It's a no. Yeah. And he's just like, mm, no, could we like have this conversation later? <laughs> so again, not yeah, respecting. No. Yeah. Instead, he goes on uh, telling her why he chose the name Hawk, because apparently in Atlantia. It's like Aww. common to choose like a middle name so um, with like a secret middle name, kind of like in the olden days where like the middle name was secret. Um, so actually his name is Castile Hawk Throne Denier. And I just, I mean, I have to say Hawk Th- Throne. It's, Isn't it Hawk Thorn? It's, I think it's written like Throne. Might be, I mean, Thorn is better. But I think it's either Hawk either way, isn't it? Right, Hawkthorn. Mm-hmm. What? And just like yeah, um, oh. I just have to say like naming a prince Hawkthorn. It's could you make it a little, just a little less obvious, perhaps? Hawkthorn. But what kind of name is that? But he's obviously trying to be like only the closest people in your family call you by your middle name and he was only called Hawk by his mother and his brother which he's obviously very close to so he's like I let you call me Hawk and that means a lot to me but also it's just a bad excuse kind of but yes it's a way of like forcing intimacy oh yes very much because well Poppy wasn't the only one calling him Hawk everyone no. else was so it was like Okay, so it only means something when she calls him yeah. that, but when Victor, for example, calls him that, it's just that eh, mm-hmm. Also, when they were having sex, he didn't want her to no. call him Hawk, which is a bit weird if, if it's a name that he feels like is so personal that only her and his mother and brother can call him. What the heck? Yeah, he gets really annoyed when he's... Yeah. Well, that was chapter five for you. Chapter six is a long one, babes. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. So, Puppy is happy, but of course she's also confused because she wouldn't be Puppy if she wasn't confused. Indeed. And she is happy that Hawk was not a fake identity and not a fake person, but actually just like a part of Castile. Mm-hmm. And it's also a part that she'll have to learn to incorporate into... Uh, him as like being he's one he's not just two separate people and um, learning his middle name also means a lot to puppy 
Well, she is extremely cautious to believe anything else he says because it can cause her uh, being hurt again. And we won't have that. And she won't have that. Therefore, she asks him if, if he is really like telling the truth. Like, and he says, yes, he is telling the truth. It is his middle Yeah. <laughs> and our sweet Poppy has to start learning to trust him again. And also, like everybody else, I don't feel like she has that much experience with trusting anybody. I mean, I would get it if she has massive trust issues because she has her whole like foundation of what she believes the world is and <laughs> morals is just shattered and you know people have lied to her like how would you be able to believe in anything at that point? Yeah, and her parents are gone, her brother is gone. She only had Tony her like father figure is also gone like victor yeah and the like friend she she could trust victor but only to a certain extent and the same with tony if people knew how close they were tony would be taken away so like she couldn't really trust anybody like real mm. sounds so terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> but she it seems like she doesn't really believe him completely and that is uh, why she then uses her extra little tool which is a gift <laughs> so she uses it to like feel his emotions and she senses discomfort and sadness but he always has the sadness with him he's a sad boy sad boy so i assume that she just accepts that he's telling the truth because she starts asking why he told her his middle name and hawk responds quote hawk <laughs> and Castile. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. And Castile responds, quote, Because knowing that Hawk is a part of my name, part of me, matters to you. And I think it's sweet. Mm -hmm. It's like, again, we see the sweet boy we like. Yes. The one who is considerate and. He's just still currently hidden away in like a douchebag. Yes. Pavi <laughs> <laughs> uh, is sometimes taken aback by how, by how he seems to know what she's thinking. So she asks him whether she he can read minds. <laughs> She's like, can you read minds? And he's like, no. <laughs> Where do you get that from? And he's like, oh, damn, I wish I could. Uh, because he would really like to know what she's thinking. Um, and then he really tries to state the fact that, again, Hawk and Castile are the same person. But I suppose he really wants to, he wants her to ac accept him as him. Um, just like he wanted when he uh, made her say his name, mm. but she didn't. But yeah. it's like, you have to accept this puppy, you have to understand this. And uh, he also says that he hasn't lied to her since she learned who he really was. And to which she, of course, is like very skeptical, like, no, <laughs> I don't believe ya. And she really has been hurt deeply by his betrayal, and this is why she can't just trust him. And I get it. Fair. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Um, and yeah, so she's really, really reluctant to believe anything at all he ever has to say again. And he challenges her by saying that she can ask him anything and he will answer truthfully. So she contemplates different things. She's like, oh, I could ask... Um, if he ever cared for her or if any of it was really real but she ups for did you kill the first mate? 
Yeah. And Castile is not prepared at all. He was probably more prepared for, oh, did you really love me or mm-hmm. don't like me? Or, mm-hmm. Did it mean anything? Did you or did you not kill the first maiden? Yeah, it's like, did you kill her? And he is really surprised and says that he didn't even know there was a first maiden. Um, and Pavi was told by the Duchess that the Dark One was the one who killed the first maiden and that there was a first maiden in like, the first place. Mm. And that was what made Puppy so scared of the Dark One and of Castile when she learned who he really was. Um, and they then proceed to talk about the blood that Castile has in his hands, mm-hmm. all his killings and all that, yeah. and the shame that comes with it. Especially, like, his soul has been affected. Because he's also a bloody boy. And he is very good at killing, he said. Um, So they try to figure out uh, a reason why they would have had a first maiden. Which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. So a theory is that she was, like, puppy, half Atlantean. And then kept to make uh, other ascended. Or to give Malik, his brother, blood. Mm. To make him survive. Because an Atlantean needs Atlantean blood to survive. And we learn a lot in this chapter also. Yeah, they can't just feed from anybody. No. They have to feed from yeah. someone with Atlantean blood. And half Atlantean blood is sufficient. So the first maiden, if she was <laughs> Atlantean... <laughs> the sun so is just coming in from like... <laughs> blinding us. Um, so... So half a legend blood is sufficient, and that was also how Castile was kept alive. He was given half a legend blood, but I don't really get from where he would get that. No, that's very true. But it says like that was how I was kept alive. Mm. So they must have like captured people, which makes sense because I get the but they do that a lot. Mm. Yes, I did. Um. So. But, okay, Atlanteans do not die um, if they're not given Atlantean blood. But they become something, I think, is really a lot like a vampire. Or like a craven, perhaps? Yeah, but like maybe a mixture in between. Mm. Um, so they are like bloodthirsty and with no emotions, but they're not like dead as the craven. No. So they're, I would say they're more like vampire. They're more like taken over by the thirst. Yeah, so like craven behavior, but looking like a normal person rather mm. than the craven. So then they talk about the reasons why Puppy was chosen to be the maiden, and they are sure that the Atlantean blood plays a huge role in this. A huge, huge <laughs> role. So they probably kept her veil due to the craven attack. Because she has scars, in case you didn't know. But you all know. And but we also know a different reason for why she was kept veiled, right? What is that? Because she's beautiful? Isn't it because she looks like her mother? Oh, I didn't really think Maybe, I, did I just make that up? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I read at some point that... But she, her granddaddy, she has her hair from her granddaddy. She has her hair from her granddaddy. But maybe like her face, face shape is... From her mother, her biological mother, um, Queen Eliana. Queen Eliana. Eliana. <laughs> Eliana. <laughs> um, interesting. Let's talk a little bit more about that. More about that. 
Um, but here it says like it's because of the scars that people would see the scars and then assume that she would turn into a craven. Mm. But then they would also see the scars and see that she hasn't turned into a craven and think, she's chosen. She's a miracle. And that would probably give her too much attention. That's kind of what I got from mm. that. I thought it was a little bit confusing, but I think that's But what I also they think meant. that's like, yeah, a theory definitely because obviously you don't know anything about her real mother. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so she would probably be used uh, by the Ascended to make more vampires and probably also to feed whichever prince <laughs> at Lantern that they have <laughs> captured. Um, and Castillo says that she would not attend ascend because the guards would not need her help since they are damn sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> like they're <laughs> they're shaking a nap, you know. <laughs> yeah. They are all so tired. So the ascendant would probably wait until her or they would wait until her nineteenth birthday birthday when the calling happens. And we talked a little bit about the calling in the last episode, I think. Mm. So the calling is like the Atlanteans ascension, but it takes like a couple of years for them to grow into their power and yeah. get their physical traits and all that um, so yeah it's like the maturation mature, maturity maturity yeah so they become mature so they get the speed the strength their fangs oh. and their ability and Castile has compulsion but it does not work on the ascendant and they have a theory that it's because the ascendant don't have a soul mm. um, and probably it's like why didn't you use compulsion to just marry you and go with you? And he's like, I'm not a monster. <laughs> I don't think that low. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so Pravi's blood would not have been useful or powerful enough to them to be used until she has finished the calling. And that is why they would probably just have kept her. Mm-hmm. Or they would have kept her. <clears throat> Poppy then starts uh, doing her, going into her questioning mode. Which she does a lot. She does a lot. And also, I like this a lot about the thing that I read in the fifth book, uh, from Cassie's perspective, is that uh, Poppy asks like, a ton of questions to Kieran, and we know that happens a lot. And he, she then asks what his horse is named, and he says, like, poo, something pulu or something which is so funny which is uh, the name of a servant of Penelope I think the god goddess Penelope it's it's the name of like one of the people associated with the god, gods at least and it is uh, also the name of uh, or he is known for asking a lot of questions yeah like talking about a lot or, or something like that so fun uh, well just, that was a side note um, so Pabi asks whether she will get thanks, which is a no. <laughs> uh, and then she asks if she will be immortal, which is also a no, because they're working from the theory that, sh- that she is just half Atlantean. Mm. And half Atlanteans live in Atlantia usually, but they just live and die as mortals. But honestly, what was Castile thinking, like going out from like the notion that, oh, she's just going to age and die as a normal person? Like, he's newly immortal and he was just like oh i'm just going to stay looking like a hot 24 year old and she's just it's it's kind of like giving edward cullen and bella swan you know (laughs) well 
I will still love you even though you look like a 70 year old grandma. Like, <laughs> I would just carry you around when you get dementia. Oh, please don't. Um, but then she asks the most important question. Can she ascend and become a vampire? And Castile answers that in Atlantia, it is forbidden to ascend any Atlantian. Uh, or, yeah, anybody who lives there at all. And like this was also oh, being oh, okay. important made later. It, I made it wrong. I said it wrong. So in Atlantia, it is forbidden to ascend anybody who has just... Uh, even a drop of mortal blood, because they will turn into vampires. So, they have Atlanteans in Atlantia, who are also half mortals, will live and die as mortals. Yes. But it is also important later, you know, that this is forbidden. It is important too. Mm-hmm. So remember. <laughs> yeah. And we now learn how a vampire is made, because we haven't learned this before. And... A mortal or part mortal is fed upon by other vampires and they are then brought to the brink of death by blood loss. After this, they are fed blood from an Atlantian, mm-hmm. which is probably Malik or Castile. Castile. And uh, then they go crazy. Mm-hmm. Just think about uh, the newborn in Twilight. <laughs> yeah. That is how they are. So they are bloodthirsty and cannot control themselves at all. And they, it can take like weeks until months for them to behave properly. And even then, yeah, yeah, and they even are then, it's just crazy. Like you know, Lord Messine just killed like the lady in wait mm-hmm. because he felt like it. <laughs> so those who are too uncontrollable will go and have a little, little chitty chatty walk in the sun, and then die a very slow death which is not fun. So Castile says that most of the mortals he saw seemed drugged in some way. So it doesn't seem like it's like a choice. They're not like eager to go into it. Mm-hmm. And they probably, they and probably have experience with them like fighting or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it's just, it's a little bit sad that they are drugged. <laughs> yeah, it's very traumatic also. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it hits Puppy Heart that she was kept only to be used as a way to create more Ascended, which makes sense because she thought she was like more important than that. Mm-hmm. And she wants Castile to promise that he did not know she was part of Lanchian. Like, did you know this at all? Did you know that this would happen to me? Um, and he was like, no, he did not. Know. Not until I tasted you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really clear that it's a huge shock. Again, huge shock for her. <laughs> Uh, also because she's now scared that Castile would do something similar to her. Mm. But Castile is not about that. Because he has the feels for her. Or is he about that? <laughs> because he has the feels for her. Mm-hmm. And instead, he kind of reassures uh, her by asking her why the hell she would then go like back to them. So he's like, instead of answering, he's just like, why would you go back to them now that you know this in all the other things was it just to escape the marriage because to me it seemed like a little bit of a stupid reason like do you want to go back and be like forced to uh, make other people crazy mm-hmm. no no thank you then you would rather marry a like handsome uh, annoying as hell but mm-hmm. still a sweet boy well 
So she says exactly what we have been thinking, that he would just uh, keep her, that he would kill, keep her well fed and safe until she could fulfill what Castile needed for her, mm. needed her for, like trading her for his brother. So she was, she's also just kept to be used, but for another reason. Yeah. Castile, however, starts teasing her about the marriage and says that it would be a great honor to become a princess and that she, she, that she should be excited. No. No. But I really <laughs> like that he's like, no more talk about this. This is a little bit ridiculous. This is not what I wanted and it's not what I want. But also how many times in these chapters have puppies said, I will not marry you? And he's just like, hee hee And puppy is not happy about this statement. And he then proceeds to say, quote, I think my mother is going to like you. <laughs> what a compliment. And here, I think the interesting part of the sentence that I noticed is that he says, it's going to. So it's future tense, it's going to happen. Mm. Like, there's no questioning, no debate. She, you you are going to meet my mother mm. and she is going to like you. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Um, so he already set up his mind. Uh, things how things are gonna go and there is yeah no questions puppy then says quote we are not getting married <laughs> again <laughs> how many time, more times does she have to say mm-hmm. it uh, and castile laughs when puppy stabs the table with a knife because she always has a knife and she likes to do the stabby step yes and says quote my mother is definitely going to like you and right then, he reminds her of Hawk, or rather, he is Hawk. Mm. He's the Hawk that she remembers, and I think she really feels a bit of sadness, but also longing. And they continue their argument about the marriage, and Castile crawls into bed, <laughs> which Bobby <laughs> again objects to. And of course, it goes his way. And right before they fall asleep, Puppy whispers, quote, Why did you tell me? And a little time passes, and then Castile answers, quote, because you needed to know that not everything was a lie. Cute. So that was a long chapter. So <gasps> chapter seven is going to be a bit shorter because, well, there's not there's there's basically just talking in this chapter. I've got a lot of information in this chapter. Well, chapter yes. Uh, but chapter seven. So well, we are in the bed. They're sleeping together. Well, not together, but well, beside each other. Yeah. And Puppy has a nightmare, as she often has. And, you know, the thing about her nightmares is that we don't really know what is memory and what is dream. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we assume at least to some point that it's memory. So she dreams about the night that her parents were killed. And she remembers, like, Ian going away with a woman who smelled like sugar and vanilla. And I just found that a bit, like, like weird. We know who that is, don't we? Well, probably, but I don't remember. For some reason, I think that it's Miss Villa. Well, actually, I got that like notion know. too, but, but I, we we know because we it's we know it because it's, mm. well, they say it in the in the other books, but I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure that it's Miss. Yeah. Willa? And so. like Puppy also remembers like being tucked away and like kept hidden in like some place of the home. And, you know, hearing but not seeing when the attacker or attackers are coming. And she also remembers, like, a voice singing this very creepy, like, um, poem kind of thing, like you heard in the beginning of the episode. Um, And she also, like, remembers, like, her mother responding to the poem. So, like, 
or like the person saying it's so like like they're having a conversation in some way so the poem goes what a pretty little flower what a pretty puppy pick it and watch it bleed not so pretty any longer and puppy is woken by her own scream and castile calling her name um and to try to like calm her castile tells her about his own nightmares which we know he has and how he was tortured by the queen and like by being refused blood and he's going into quite a lot of detail about how he was tortured which is um, brutal so like he was refused blood and they killed people in front of him so he could like see that he was helpless to help these people and then he was sometimes so starved for blood because he was being refused it that he himself killed these people that they offered because they might have like met, made them bleed in front of him and then he couldn't stop himself mm-hmm. and then it is just, just very gross they would like leave the corpses yeah, to rot for like weeks a month in the cell with him yeah. so he just had to like be constantly confronted by his own actions or what he wasn't able to do a really dramatic yeah. bonding right here very trauma bonding but it's an effective bonding i suppose and he also mentions that they did things to him that caused reactions he couldn't control and it was both male and females who did this and i mean i think he's very obviously describing like sexual trauma like yeah yeah. but he's not saying it like outright but i think it's pretty clear in what he's insinuating and he just says that this is where he learned what true fear was and Mm. in some way i think it's very like i don't know like tender sweet it's not the word this because this is very like traumatic but he does not say that true fear is like watching people die or having to kill them himself but more like not being able to control your own body Mm. and the reactions your body has to something that might feel pleasurable but is also very traumatic yeah which it does yeah very mm, yeah um so puppy says that she's very sorry for what happened to him to which he answers that he doesn't want pity and puppy asks how he survived his nightmares and he answers that he promised himself that he would once kill the king and queen to which puppy is like so revenge was the way you survived and he's like well yeah um and puppy says that the way she survives her nightmares is by not being like allowed to be helpless again Mm -hmm. like she was as a child so she made sure that she uh, trained with victor and you know knew how to fight for Mm -hmm. herself and yeah Uh, castiles also asks her about what she said in her sleep because apparently she she said this poem thing aloud um and he describes it as a disturbing nursery rhyme which makes me think that it's a poem he knows or is familiar with yeah but because he says it like oh that sounded like a creepy nursery rhyme i once heard but i think we also know who says it it's his brother right yeah it's his brother so it would make sense if it was something they heard once mm-hmm. so yeah but it's just who the who is so crazy which mother or father is so crazy to say something like that very crazy <laughs> and why yeah. would you then give your the nickname of your daughter the same flower that is in this creepy poem. Well, 
it might not be like an important poem to her parents, but yeah. Um, Castile Damn. asks if someone said this to her and Poppy answers that she cannot exactly remember, but that she dreamt that someone spoke to her mother. Um, and yeah, she's just like, I, I don't know. It's, it's all a bit like in my dreams sometimes. Yeah. Um, but they start to talk about like their next plans and Castile says that they will leave for Spessa's end when the storm blow, blows over because right now it's like snowing so much that they cannot leave. Um, and you know, because it's snowing and it's cold and they're in a keep, uh, Puppy is cold and she shivers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Castile holds her to fall asleep, which is sweet, I suppose. Nice. But uh, obviously it turns him on being that close to her, not only like being close to her, but also because she's cold, so she's like wiggling. And he's like, oh, if you get a few inches lower, you'll find out how hot I think this is. And do you have to make every situation you're in sexual? Because yes. apparently, apparently he does. But Good. even though Castile is kind of being um, a douchebag, you know, uh, she eventually falls asleep without nightmares. Yeah. But he's also, he's kind of giving her like good memories of being in an intimate position mm. that is like sleeping with another, or like sleeping next to another person. Mm. Giving her like a good, yeah, good memories, like being touched. Yeah. So I think that is good. It's just he's forcing it a little bit the, too much. The holding her thing, I think, is sweet. The uh, having to state his boner situation, I think, is not so sweet. No, it's like forcing it and also um, press pressuring her a little bit. I think. Yeah, it like is. He knows that she's the maiden. Like she yeah. has almost not been touched. But why does he have to state it the whole time? Mm -hmm. Is it just to? Because he knows that she doesn't see herself as beautiful. Honestly, I just think it is to make like the novel and the series in general like sexy. Because oh. it's supposed to be this sexy romance fantasy. But I just... Um, when you kind of like force the sexiness into it, it becomes very unsexy. Because it's not natural. It's and then it's just... You know, something can very quickly go from being sexy to just creepy. And yeah. um, I think and he is uh, balancing the scale and not always ending on the right side of it. <laughs> That's a very nice way of putting it. Yeah, but we know he will get better. He will get better. Um, and I'm excited for this. I forgot how annoying he is in the beginning. Yeah. But we, we love us as we cast. We like when he gets to be cast and not hog a castillo. Yeah. Right now he's just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chapter 8. <sighs> it's the next day and Poppy is mad. <laughs> so she has been stuck in Castile's room the whole day. And only Delano? Is that how I pronounce it? Well, probably not, but that's how I say it too. Okay, Delano, one of the women, uh, has been left to guard her door. And he is not allowed to let her out, although she very much tries a lot. So um, she asks him, and she has been asking him the whole day to get out. And I just love his excuses not to let her out. So one is, okay, I'll just read them because I think they're so funny. <laughs> Quote, 
No one wishes to chase you through a snowstorm. I would rather not be guided by the prince, so no. The prince will return soon. Nothing personal, but there is literally no way I would trust you enough to crack the door open by allowing even an inch of fresh air to enter your chamber. And I really like that. But I also really like it because in this like dialogue, we really see that Delano also sees Poppy as a person who can fight for herself. Yeah. And not like a weak girl who just tuck away in this room. And I also... Yeah, that's right. And I also really like that he is like a person of his own kind of... And he has humor. Mm. I really love the humor that we are starting to see yeah. between the Atlanteans. And all the heavy stuff. Yes, yeah. all the heavy stuff. So... Um, and Poppy is like... Uh, quote, nothing personal, what the fuck, not quote, probably it's like, what, uh, nothing personal, what the fuck, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it's very much personal yeah. to her, and after many hours, she makes to bust open the door, but right when she stands, like, in front of the door, ready to bang <laughs> at it, Delano enters, like, he really rushes in as fast as he can, mm. and holds a, a hand on the hilt of his sword, just to make sure, don't do anything stupid, <laughs> don't, and asks if she yelled and she did not yell which is interesting i think it's so interesting like do we learn what this is i think this again as we've talked a little bit about poppy slowly slowly starting her calling but not knowing it obviously because you know being the ancestor of uh, nictus and seraphina which we know that seraphina was the one who created the woolwin which I'm very interesting to like find out more about because she hasn't created it, them yet no. in like the first and second book. But apparently she's the one who creates like the woven from the first one. So they have like this primal respect and connection to Serafina, but also her line because she's that creator. So they do get to be able to like do some mind stuff mm-hmm. like talking with each other in the minds yeah uh, kind of again like the werewolves in twilight yeah. <laughs> this is very much twilight oh, coded sometimes so, much sense. so i think this is like uh, the very first time they kind of notice that they have another connection but why was it only it was probably okay i guess it's just delano because he was standing next to her ish yeah and maybe it's also something about because then personal the relationships woman. But then why didn't wasn't Kieran okay maybe it's, yeah, he's it's not just, there yeah it's probably why it's just the distance thing yeah uh, that is so interesting that yeah. totally makes sense <laughs> I didn't I couldn't really find a solution in my head um, so they both think that it's just the wind mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is funny so Delano apologizes for interrupting to which Poppy just answers interrupt what <laughs> I'm stuck in this room <laughs> and Delano leaves closes and locks the door mm. and Poppy yells quote now I'm yelling <laughs> uh, to which Delano yells back quote it's the wind <laughs> so genius I really like the banter yeah and I just love that our sweet puppy is back. Like, they're mad, but also um, can take a joke. Yeah. So puppy then lies on the bed again and is really, like, just fuming with annoyance and anger. Mm. But she falls asleep, and she really sleeps a lot. 
but we also know that she's going she's doing the calling calling yeah. through the calling so she's it makes doing the calling <laughs> the calling the calling <laughs> the calling yes exactly the, the calling um, so that is why she's tired all the time um, okay and she wakes up to um, find Kieran sitting mm. uh, in a chair and looking at her apparently they the Atlantis like to look at sleeping puppy yes that is also nice. That is also very Twilight coded. <laughs> oh my god, so much Twilight. Is this a Twilight fanfiction? Well, yes. Not like Fifty Shades. Twilight, Shades. but sexy version. And not as sexy as Fifty Shades. No. Better plot than Fifty Shades. Okay. Um, <laughs> she is also wearing a quilt, she notices. Um, and Kieran tells her that Castile put it on her. Oh, which is cute. A caring man. And then Puppy is like annoyed that both of them had watched her sleep. <laughs> but as soon as Kieran suggests that they go eat, everything is forgotten, and she's like, "Yes!" And her stomach growls and all that. Food. She wants food, and then on their way, Puppy asks a million questions to Kieran's <laughs> annoyance, annoyance. But we all know that he secretly loves it. Yeah. He likes to feel kind of important. I think. To <laughs> So, Puppy asks where Castile is, and Kieran answers that he is planning their departure. And she asks if he is ever bored by sitting and looking at her. But Kieran tells her that it is an honor to guard what the prince values so much. Which I found quite sweet. So cute. And she, yeah, he's all, he's really accepting her now. Mm. Um, and now that I'm reading the fifth book, I'm still silly but mm-hmm. it's like you really see the development that has happened between their relationships mm-hmm. and i really like that so i'm really much looking forward to kieran and puppy getting to know each other better in this series because it's so cute yeah. and they get a very intimate relationship later on if we could perhaps just keep it at the friendship level in my opinion but you know what don't you like a good threesome not with not with two men who consider them, themselves as brothers, no? <laughs> Good point. Um, she asks if he has seen his dagger, which he has not said. And they talk a little bit about, like, oh, it's woven bone. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about that. A lot of people die during the war, so it's okay. Um, so... She has looked a lot at Atlantean's eyes, mm. and she's been told that something about the eyes that they have gold in them, then they're Atlantean. And she starts questioning whether her parents could be her real parents. She mm. does not have any um, gold in her eyes. Her eyes are green, just like her supposed father and Ian. And she, um, but her mother might have had a shade of gold in her eyes she doesn't remember she just remembers that they were like hazel brown i think but eye color is also so hard to remember it is for especially some if you haven't like seen your parents since you were what eight years old and do you ever like look into your parents eyes well i know the color of my parents eyes but i feel like i also know it but i couldn't say oh it's like this shade or something i can say that my mother's eyes are almost identical to mine so like green bluish brown well yeah like a mix of everything brown in the middle then it's green Mm. and then it's bluish yeah it's a bit of everything yeah yeah i think mine are pretty easy blue blue 
well, Kira tells her that most Atlanteans have a shade of gold in their eyes, but only those of elemental bloodline have pure golden eyes. And now we get another like uh, thing, blood thing uh, added to the equation. So now we have the elemental also. Yes. And I think it's just like, okay, they actually explain what it is. So the elementals have purely Atlantean blood and it can be traced to the earliest known Atlanteans. And those are the descendants of the deities mm. who are children of the gods. So the gods have children, the deities. The deities have children and they become elemental. So it's like washed out god blood. Yeah, it's washed, washed out. Yeah. Um, so Castile... Uh, yeah, there are no deities left. But Castile is of the elemental bloodline, so mm-hmm. he is also part god. I would like to know which god he descends from. I would like to know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and not all of the bloodlines, elemental bloodlines, still exist. Only some of them. Mm-hmm. And we learned that elementals can, can live uh, without food, but then they would need more blood. Yeah. Uh, vampires, however, can survive drinking blood and food, but food won't uh, help against their bloodlust. Food is basically just a snack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be just as if we drank water, I guess. No, we couldn't survive in water. I was more like soda, because like something that's delicious but not, you know, doesn't do survive, anything. We could survive, I think, but we would be fucked up. I don't think you could survive that long, but sure. I'm trying to figure out something that we could survive. Rice. Oh, that sounds so boring. Exactly. Okay. Uh, They then wonder if her parents were actually hers, since her eye color does not have gold in them. Mm. Um, And he then tells her about different types of bloodlines. There are the changelings. So we learned so much. Also, and so many different names and phenomena and yeah. lots to keep up with. Also, the elemental, it sounds like something that should be in another series for some reason to me. It just mm. doesn't sound like different blood and ash uh, Well, but the changelings are distant cousins of the woven and they can change into many things. So the woven only change into wolves. I know that's not how it's supposed to be. They're not supposed to be wolves, but they are. They are werewolves, and the changelings can just change into other things. I don't know if it's just like in the Crescent City universe where they change into something specific. So they have like a fox, uh, were fox. I don't know what they call that, <laughs> but something that changes into a specific animal. I don't know yeah. if the changelings do that or I if they can do change I think they have a specific okay. something. So just like werewolves. Like for example a cave cat. Yes. True. <laughs> <laughs> so they are interrupted when they enter a room where Alistair uh, sitting, is sitting. Mm. And Kieran was clearly not aware that he would be there because they're obviously trying to avoid him. Um, so he tries to shield Puppy. Be- at first, they have him and Kieran Alice- and Alistair have like a little conversation. Oh, where is Castile? Well, he's still 
somewhere else and talking yeah. about uh, how they go away and all that. And they talk a bit back and forth about their upcoming journey and um, how it might be planned the best and how it might, might how they might succeed. And then Alistair notices Puppy, who's like, <laughs> hi, looking <laughs> over, uh, probably not over Kieran's <laughs> shoulder because I bet probably like him. looking like like sticking out. Yeah. Side, like, from <laughs> and back. he says she says something about, dude, uh, he can still see me. Even though you stand in front of me, like he's yeah. blind, you oaf, or something. He's, she says something like that, and I find that so funny. And that is like the first introduction Alistair really has to Puppy is her sharp tongue. Mm. And I like that a lot. It runs in the family. It runs. <laughs> Uh, and they start talking, and in some way, Puppy uses her charm and also, yeah, her sharp tongue to win Alistair, win Alistair over. And they also find like a common uh, understanding in them both bearing the scars proudly. Mm. But which scars do Alistair have? I don't remember. Does he I also have scars in his face? Remember honestly. No, but well, they both have scars yeah. that are visible. And <clears throat> then Kieran and puppy uh, leave the room and puppy's like so nice to meet you honestly i just what a pal i just like you so much but we yeah he's not a good person no but we don't know that yet um they walk toward the dining hall and pass the hallway that the day before i think contained all the bodies of the Mm -hmm. descendants but all of them are gone and Jericho is also gone, and he was killed by Castile, like shortly after. They did some cleaning. They cleaned, <laughs> and Puppy is certain that he, um, that Castile did not like do it because she told him to. But uh, Kieran says, "quote I don't think you realize how much sway you have over him," mm. and I think that's cute. And also, Puppy is happy. I guess that uh, Jericho was killed because she's really much into the dignity in death thing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of her sample now. She like really wants people to have a good dignified death. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also just read the part where one of the gods is attacked by the craven and has his gut spilled out and Puppy helps him find peace mm. and yeah, calmness. Yeah. And I think that's it's really her simple, mm. um, which makes sense. They eat, and Puppy is not allowed to have a knife. <laughs> so she, she watches Kieran just like cutting small pieces of his meat. Like a child. She, yeah, and then she can like take it. So fun. So they discuss the significance of Castile telling her his middle name. And Kieran emphasizes that only close friends know each other's uh, know each other's full name and mm-hmm. name. And then they talk about uh, how her parents might have escaped Macedonia to go back to Atlantia. This is mm-hmm. like their little um, theory. Theory. And maybe they would go like back, so they come from there and go back, and could live peacefully peacefully in Atlantia. Uh, Kieran then says that she might be second generation Atlantean and from a bloodline that they thought were extinct. 
Well, perhaps she is. Perhaps she is. We won't know. <laughs> no. No. Not today. Not today. So that was the end of this episode. These yeah, chapters, yeah. Uh, damn, we learn a lot. I think we very, do indeed. Like, um, a lot of holes that we have now had filled for us, which is nice. Yeah. But we still need a lot of information. We still have a lot of information to go and a lot of plot to go, obviously. Um, next episode will be chapter 9 to 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do your homework, kids. <laughs> uh, what are you currently reading? Uh, well, it has kind of gone into study mode. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm reading... It's, I think it's quite exciting because uh, previously in uni we have read um, a lot of like classics and older texts. Um, and this semester we are focusing more on contemporary literature. Uh, so we're not reading anything from like older than 1980, I think. Uh, so I'm reading, well, we are reading, we're supposed to be reading soon, A Stranger City. I haven't started. Well, I'm, I have like... 60, 60 pages to go or something. Uh, I think I'm going to finish it today. Uh, but yeah, I've been reading that. Um, and for some fun reading, I've been reading The Henna Wars, which is like a YA rom-com uh, about two Indian girls Ooh. falling in love. Cute. I have only read like two chapters, but it seems like it's very cute. And I have previously read... Um, Another book by the author, also about like, I think she's like a queer in Indian author, so she writes about girls falling in love, which is just cute, it's and also love Indian culture. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a different book. I like that. Yeah, sounds really really good and interesting, nice and cute. Well, um, in case you uh, didn't know throughout <laughs> this episode, yeah. I am reading the fifth book uh, from Blood and Ash. Oh, from, really? <laughs> from Hawk's perspective. No, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, yes. actually from Hawk's perspective. Yeah. That's just what I'm reading. I haven't started in A Stranger City yet. But yeah, but... No, a, stranger, uh, a, stranger a, st- a Stranger City. Okay. It's also... It so is a strange right city. It's a strange narrative. Okay. Well, yeah. looking ish forward to that. <laughs> ish for it. <laughs> well that's fine for your uni required reading okay hope you like this episode oh yes we do <laughs> uh, we like to record it yeah it was fun um as always nice yeah. to be in each other's company oh i can say that for myself yeah it is nice to be in your company in, in this close uh, proximity <laughs> to you this time yes. recording <laughs> yeah we're just really looking into each other's yeah. eyes yeah the whole episode. it's a bonding experience it is indeed yeah so hope you have a great day um, and enjoy it and um, yes one thing left to say keep reading